Welcome to Jags Drive Time with Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton. Jags Drive Time starts right now. Josh, he's going to be, uh, again, one of these aver- versatile, you know, defensive linemen, whether he's playing on the edge or playing inside, you know, it brings some value on third down, obviously. Um, the pass rush and, 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 a, and a rotational guy, a guy that we can, you know, keep D-line fresh throughout the course of the game, and these guys don't have to, you know, play, you know, 75, 80% of the snaps. You can you can really spread it around. I think about, you know, the year the year we won the Super Bowl, I mean, guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham were only playing 60, 65% of the snaps because we were rotating, you know, guys. And, and that's what you got to have, you know, um, it's guys that can come in and contribute, and, and he'll be one of those guys. A guy we haven't spoken a lot about is free agent acquisition Arden Key, and it's a guy we're going to start talking about because he's playing so well this offseason and the versatility that they have on the defensive line and the creativity that they can use is definitely a storyline at this point of OTAs in June. Welcome into Jaguars Drive Time. Ashlyn Sullivan, Brian Sexton, and John Osier here with you. And when Coach Peterson said that this morning, I thought, oh yeah, Arden Key. We never talk about him. When Brian wasn't here yesterday, Slim. No, I was not. I was traveling. If you notice the the respect and admiration that Doug had for the questioner, myself, that <laughs> that you could tell it was special. But it was a very nice bond. Yes, Arden Key. I did talk to him after practice yesterday. He uh, he has been a guy who's gotten forgotten about a little bit, Brian. And I don't know that he's going to be a 10, 12 sack Pro Bowl guy. Right. But in the NFL you need a defensive line that comes at you in waves. Uh, it's hard to have waves without guys to do it. <laughs> He's certainly one of those guys who can do it. If you package him with Trayvon Walker, with Josh That's Allen, with uh, Dewan Smoot, um, all of a sudden you've got a lot of guys who teams have to account for a little bit, and I think he has been forgotten a little bit. Look, he wasn't as effective in Oakland, Las Vegas, right, as he was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, because he had big guys, you know, Eric Armstead and uh, Nick Bosa in front of him. He didn't have to be Nick Bosa, right? He just had to be one of those guys, like John said, that would come in in waves. Well, that's why Trayvon Walker's so important, Josh Allen's so important. Now you've got a guy like Arden Key who can play a role, who can come in. And if he gives you eight sacks, you're thrilled. Eight sacks mm-hmm. from Arden Key, who you signed in, you know, what, April to come in as a free agent? That's perfect. That's exactly what his role should be. You're not putting too much pressure or too many expectations on him. If you said, well, we've got Arden Key, everything's fine. We've got a pass rush. You'd be like, yeah, I don't know about that. Right. Now you bring in the first overall pick of the draft to combine with him. Now you've got a wave. Yeah, you got some options for sure. Right and now. on that same note, uh, Smoot had, what, I think six sacks last yeah. year, six and a half. You forget about him sometimes, too. I, I would make the case that he was their second best player along the front seven. Can you imagine if he's your fifth best player? Oh, yeah, now you're, yeah, great point. And that's what he might be this year. They liked their front seven coming in. Doug Peterson, I think tight end and defensive front seven are the two areas that he likes the most, outside Trevor Lawrence, of course. <laughs> um, if it's even better than what they thought last year, I, I don't know it's going to be elite pass rush yet. I think it's going to get pressure. But it's going to be so much stouter than it was last year. I know week. you want to get to big things, but I have to say this. Because you might not recall this. Because in 2007, you were how old? Yeah, I get it. You weren't even driving yet. Um, the undefeated Patriots 
went 18-0 into the Super Bowl to take on the New York Giants, who had gotten there as a wild card, and everyone thought this was a no-brainer. You know, they were going to be the first undefeated team since the Dolphins in 72. But Matthias Kaiwanuka, you know, and Justin Tuck, um, and uh, why am I? That Strahan guy. Yeah, the Strahan guy, right? They just came in waves. And ever since then, you have had teams trying to find that that wave of guys. Mm -hmm. And if you've got it, you can beat the best quarterback playing his best football. Yeah, you're right. I don't remember that Yeah, I didn't all. think you would. Yeah figure that all right let's get into big things shall we big thing one is priorities we talked about it for months the priority of the offseason is getting more impactful guys pretty easy right well we're seeing it come to life on the field right now especially on the defensive line which we just spoke about it's taking the pressure off of 41 well i i think it can only help him you know and, and it takes a little um you know uh pressure or stress whatever off off of him i, I think you know opponents are gonna have to if, if the success is there, and we hope it is, that, that you know, as teams scheme us on defense, that, that it maybe it frees up, you know, Josh to be able to be more uh, of what he was just a couple years ago and, and uh, getting back to that. And um, I think having those pieces around him can do that. Big thing, too, is final phases. This is the last week of OTAs before we start mandatory mini camp next week. Three days of practice, and then we are off for summer break. So this is the last chance for quarterback Trevor Lawrence to go through that offense one more time before guys leave the building for a little. We're getting close to the, to the end of our, you know, we've installed probably this is like our third time through this whole offseason program. So each time we add a few things to each install, you know, a few little twists and adjustments and additions, all that. So we got, I mean, we got a lot of stuff in right now. We have a few more to go over again, like I said, and add a few things. But, I mean, we've, we went through all of it, through everything at least one time and some of the things, like this is the third time. So we're, we're making great progress. Um, playbook's coming together really nicely. Um, it's been really good. And finally, big thing three is highlights. Who has stood out in this portion of OTAs? It's always hard to tell with no pads on. We say that multiple times. But one guy who you can't help but notice even without pads on is Roy Robertson Harris. And this is a guy who's having a great offseason. And the locker room is pretty excited about him. Yeah, he's, he's had a great offseason. Um, like I've said, it's always hard when nobody has pads on. It's, it's just kind of messy up front because, you know, tempo's tough with those guys. So, um, He's had a great offseason. I mean, you guys see him. He's huge, and he looks really good. I mean, last year, I thought he started to pick it up a lot. Towards the end of the year, I thought he started to play well. And just to see him come out and the whole spring, he's been playing really well. So I'm excited to see that. And we go back up to big thing one, priorities of the offseason. Just getting more good players. It sounds easy, but it's definitely hard to do. And we're seeing that come to fruition throughout this offseason and taking the pressure off of Josh Allen. I think that's why it's so hard to – judge Josh Allen's past couple of seasons because he was so the center of attention on defense. Well, that's it. Yeah. I mean, we should take the pressure off. I don't think that tells the story as well as it takes the protection away, mm -hmm. right? If you've got Trayvon Walker coming off the other edge or Arden Key, who is all of a sudden a pass rush of significance for you, yep. they, they can't slide the protection to Josh Allen. I don't know what Josh did that day against the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> um, but they couldn't stop him. There was nothing they could do they could slide everything his way, and he was still winning. Well, I mean, John, as you know, you, you, you don't have days like that every day, every Sunday in the NFL. So now if he gets a one-on-one -on -one matchup, especially if there's just a tight end who's leading the line of scrimmage and someone's trying to chip him, well, he's gifted enough. He's going to win that more often than he's not. He just didn't see that very often last year.
Now you've got guys who are going to slide protection away from him. Taking the pressure off, he loves the pressure. It's the protection away. People get so tired of hearing me say this because I've said it for years. It continues to ring true because the team hasn't been very good. Pass rush typically is about opportunities. Yep. It's about being able to rush in passing situations, which are third and long, and late in games when you're ahead. When's the last time they were ahead, Brian? Like 18? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I'm exaggerating, but when you watch great pass rushers, they get, you know, if, if Dwight Freeney, when I covered him, had 100 sacks, I'll bet 30 of them came in the last two minutes of games yeah. when they knew teams were trying to close them out. Josh Allen would be fine as a pass rush, as a pass rusher when this team gets in more good pass rushing situations. The run defense is better. That should help. If the offense is better and gets them leads, I don't think there's anything wrong with Josh Allen no. than, playing on a be- than pl- playing on a better team that has him in better situations won't solve. Well, he had 10 sacks when he had Calais and Yannick on that same defensive front. And I remember two games from that season. And actually led a little bit that year. Well, yeah, remember that some of the, they had six wins that year. And two that stand out were in the division. It was the Thursday night game here yep. against the Titans and the season finale that year against the Colts where they built early leads. And then you just, again, the waves that John mentioned off the top of the show. You had Calais and Yannick and Josh. And Josh finished with 10 sacks and was named to the Pro Bowl. I mean, he will get those opportunities as long as he has a caliber of player that's there to help him. And, of course, John's exactly right. If you're leading, you're chasing the quarterback. Right. And then you go. He, he had seven and a half sacks last year, right? Um, they went three and 14. Th- they were down by double digits, it seemed like, every game except the games they won. You get five more games where they're in yeah. it or you get pass rush. He gets the And he has two and a half more sacks. Then he's ta- you're talking about a 10-sack guy, and now he's a consistent player. He's maybe a pro. So it can change that quickly. I, I, I have no doubt that if Josh gets the opportunities – he would be back to a Pro Bowl level. Remember, you're talking about a guy that had five sacks after the Bills game, and then the rest of the year only got two and a half more. Well, when did they lead? They didn't until the end of the season. Right. right. And even though he didn't have as many sacks in that game here against the Colts, you saw him around the quarterback causing problems for Carson Wentz. For sure. The whole thing. Hey, I want to uh, talk about Roy Robertson-Harris, because mm-hmm. I think you look at him, and he, over the second half of the season last year, those guys, they're not going to have. quietly good. He yeah. was, re- yeah. You're not going to see 10 sacks from an interior. Uh, he's, not, he's, he's an end, right, in this 3-4 scheme. Their job is to tie up two gaps and let the linebackers in a 3-4 scheme run and make plays. And he was damn good at what he did last year. He's big. He's Trayvon Walker big, right? Yeah, the broad shoulders, the long arms, the huge hands. He's got that. Now, if you've got pressure coming off the edge and the tackles – make it so that you've got to have games played up front where guards are taking on Roy Robertson-Harris, good luck. Good luck. And that's, I think, when Trevor was speaking about him yesterday, and you're seeing him in Trevor's face so much during OTs, and he's like, yeah, 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 no pads, we get that. There's, It's messy right now at the line of scrimmage. There's something to be said as of right now that Roy Robertson-Harris, every day we leave the practice field, you just saw that batted ball down. He's making a play like that every day. And you can say as much as you want. Yeah, 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 there's no pads on. But you see guys who are having a good spring for sure who are gearing up to have a good summer and a good fall and he looks to be that guy Mm -hmm. even though they're not wearing pads you can see a guy who's surging and who's put in the work because he has yeah he was an ascending player last year he was an ascending player when they signed him uh out of all the guys they signed last year in that class he was in that top group of guys that you thought could be um not all free agents are long-term fixes 
he was one of the guys that you thought, okay, he might be able to to uh, to be here, say, stick it out for three or four years as a free agent. It's a long run as a yeah. free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like that kind of guy to me. He does, and that is big things. When we come back, a look at the depth chart of the offense, our best pick as we are in June of OTA. So a long time to pick that starting lineup, but we're going to try here on Jaguars Drive Time. Join the Jaguars at all nine home games this season for only $299. Be there for every big matchup in 2022 by securing your Prowl Pass now. To lock in your seats, visit jaguars.com slash Prowl or call 904-633-2000. We're back, Jaguars Drive Time. On a Tuesday, Ashlyn, Brian, and John with you here as our final week of OTAs is approaching before mandatory minicamp. We're going to give it... Our best go to predict the starting lineup on offense as we enter training camp in August. So, little long list. Bear with me here. But I think what's most easy to pay attention to as of right now is the starting lineup on offensive line. Yeah, and I like that list. I I don't necessarily know. I would probably guess right now that Walker Little is going to start over Jawan Taylor. That's just... Maybe I'm caught up in. I'm with you on that. In the in, in the comment section wave, the Twitter wave. <laughs> I like the wide receivers, Evan Ingram. Obviously, I think you could see more too tight end with Dan Arnold or Chris Manhurts when the um, you know when the game books actually come out. There, there's a couple of different uh, packages and schemes they use. I think you could see Dan Arnold start a lot or Chris Manhurts start a lot as yeah. opposed to three wide receivers, but that's nitpicking. Um, you know, and I think Tyler Shatley starts the season. I think Luke Fortner finishes the season. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on – I think Fortner gets in, and I don't think it takes that long, to be honest with you. I mean, I think he finds there's a moment where they make a switch and he's in, you know, week five, week six, week seven. Um, I'm, I, I think Walker Little is the right tackle of the future here. Juwan has – you know, this is the last year of his rookie contract. Yep. Um, I don't think – and I've said this before – I don't think he's a tackle because I don't think he has quick enough feet. I think if you put him at guard – he could be a Pro Bowl caliber guard because when you watch him hit the sled, you hear it pop. He's got power. He's got rare power. Uh, they call it working in a phone booth when you're talking about working between the tackles, right? How do you operate in that phone booth? I, I think he would be tremendous at that. And I talked, and Dave Campo, who's here, the former uh, defensive coordinator here and, and head coach of the Cowboys and has been all over the place. And I asked him when he was here last week, realistically could you take a guy who hasn't played guard and make him a guard um when training camp starts when it's clear that little is the better player if it's clear that little's the better player mm-hmm. and he said you could if the guy was willing to do it and if the guy has the talent to do it and i think juan has both of those yeah so we'll see i mean it, you don't know i don't know the offensive line coach well enough to know what he thinks about these guys but that's kind of the way i see it because i walker little has really strong footwork he's the kind of guy i think that you look and go well, that's our that's our right tackle um, I'm with you on Dan Arnold. Sneaky, right? They've got a little bit of depth mm-hmm. on the offensive side of this. The only other one I question is whether Travis Etienne is a starting running back. You know, every first, second down between the tackles guy. 
Um, I mean, if James Robinson were healthy, I think you'd probably put him in there, wouldn't you? For sure. Yes, absolutely. And that's what's so hard to predict is last week we did this on defense, and it's pretty easy to line this up. But all based on the packages you run on offense, this is going to change. So, yeah, giving it our best go because of the injuries at running back, you think, all right, as of right now, Travis Etienne probably is the starting guy. And maybe he can be. I don't know. I still am questioning his return from the injury. Mm -hmm. This is where you go. Well, it's hard to tell because they're not in pads. Yeah. Right? Because there isn't any contact, and he doesn't have to go – from one practice to practice again the next day in pads and where you see the stress that he puts on that former injury to see if it's back. Right. And we're also seeing Travis at OTAs right now, whereas James is working off to the side. So it's easy to say, okay, look at Travis. He's out there with the team. There you go. That might be a position where you're looking for a guy during training camp to come in. I could see that. Until you're confident that both of those guys are ready to go, or at least one of them is ready to go. Absolutely. In a position where you can find that too. And you've got Rock Armstead too. I forgot about that. Right. And, And again, he he's been, looked pretty good yeah, during looked, OTAs, yeah. but it's OTAs. It's OTAs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right, and there we have it. That was our best go at looking at this starting offense going into training camp, coming back in August when we come back on Jaguars Drive Time. What is more likely on the Jaguars Sigil Network? You won't believe what Daly's Place has in store for you this year. Coming up, Dave Matthews Band tonight. Dave Matthews Band was also last night. It looked packed. There are still tickets available for tonight's show. The last chance to see Dave Matthews Band in concert here in Jacksonville. The Black Crows, her, Keith Urban, and much more are still coming up. So get your tickets now at dailysplace.com. Back on Jaguars drive time, unfortunate news as of yesterday when we watched OTAs, quarterback C.J. Beathard went down with an injury and NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reporting that it possibly could be a torn groin for C.J. Beathard, some type of groin injury and MRI. We will wait the results of that, but um, very unfortunate news, which leads us into what's more likely predicting now that most likely C.J. Beathard will possibly miss training camp we're not sure about the season but but this is your backup quarterback and you had the stability of this and the security that you had a veteran presence behind Trevor Lawrence so what is more likely as of right now today Jake Luton as your backup quarterback or are you going out and picking someone else up well I think it's important some people may remember Fred Taylor had this injury and missed all of the 2001 season he did come back to play but mm-hmm. he had a very severe element of this it was torn off the bone yeah and we're not sure if it's torn we don't know any of that at that point so i would say um i don't know it's a tough one yeah i i I, I like jake i liked him when he was here Uh, he's got all the measurables and i i just i might swing with him you know because you 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 figure that trevor lawrence is going to take 99 percent of your snaps i mean he's that kind of guy so i would say i'd go with jake luton and feel comfortable with him because he's got a big arm he's a bright kid Tough kid, too, if you, you know his history at Washington State with the injury that he played through. Um, I think I'd be comfortable with that. Yeah, there's a couple of schools of thought. One is that when you have a guy like Trevor Lawrence and you're building the franchise around him, if you lose him... You're losing it all anyway. Yeah, it, it's, there's, there's many ways to express it, but you're in trouble. <laughs> um, so that's one uh, a way that teams think. Often when teams are up against the cap... They really think that way because they figure, you know what, we're going for the Super Bowl or we're not going to make it. we got a franchise guy. We'll go with youth behind it. With this, the other school of thought that you want is, is, uh, generally speaking, you want your backup, if your starter's out for four games, to have a shot at keeping you above water and uh, and, uh, to go two and two to keep you afloat. 
Uh, is Jake Luton that guy? Maybe if you're playing well around him. With a young team that is really trying to build confidence in itself, I might go the other way, Brian. I, I might bring in a veteran backup to make sure that if I lose Trevor, that I don't lose 15 games around Trevor yeah. and are just a mess and you feel like this isn't going anywhere. I think they'll go the route you're talking about. That would be the argument for going the other way yeah, is, no, I understand is you don't want to just completely lose it all if you lose your starter. Well, you mentioned teams up against the cap. I, they've got about $8 million bucks. Right. So I don't know whether that's considered up against the cap. But and they it, sort of have wiggle room for the future. Yeah. They're not in cap debt. No, no, I don't, no, yeah, no they're yeah, not. So you could bring in a guy. Bethard was making uh, 2.8. Yeah. So right. you could probably go find that 2.8 guy mm-hmm. if he's out there. Yeah. They, that's probably what they do, but uh, I'd say 55% that way, 45% your way. I mean, you're talking about bringing in a guy now for camp anyway. So Well, you need another arm at this point regardless. Well, that's what I mean. right. um, so I, I could see the argument if we're going to bring in someone anyway, let's bring in a veteran presence that we can count on if we're going to have to bring someone in regardless. Right. I mean, if it was if it turned out to be a minor injury, well Right, then, and that's then, what we don't know. Right, but you just we don't know the extent of it yet. Right, and I mean the timing of it, you know, we have mini camp next week and then off for about a month. If it's minor injury, maybe he's back with training camp and we don't have to worry about yeah. this, but just from the like of, of what we saw yesterday hopes and prayers to cj Beathard, but didn't look good that's right. for sure all right let's move on to what's more likely trayvon walker or devin lloyd being more of a quotation household name at the end of 2022 we say this because both are obviously high draft picks devin lloyd really great personality and very outgoing trayvon walker more on the quiet side but his play speaks for itself so i'm very curious at the end of 22 2022 who, who are we talking more about as a whole, who was the NFL talking more about as a whole? You know, I'm I'm going to go with sort of the obvious, and maybe let Brian go the other way. I think it'll be Devin Lloyd because it feels like he might be stat guy yeah. more than Trayvon Walker. I don't necessarily know that Devin Lloyd's going to be more important to the defense than Trayvon Walker. I don't, so I don't think he will. But so I'll go with that angle of it. That because Devin Lloyd, as as, as Shlin said, he's flashy, great personality. Every time this kid gets a sack, the media's going to be crowding around him because he's he's an absolutely joy to talk to, and, and he's got that presence about him. Um, so I'll go with that with the caveat that I think Trayvon is going to wind up being exactly what they wanted out of him. You know, um, I got this script last night uh, on the plane ride home, oh, and so you, I Mr. had Technology. time. Well, I, I know you to be a little technological. <laughs> I may have learned it from you. Yeah. Um, on airplanes. <laughs> so I had some time to ponder this one. And I I was going Trayvon Walker because if he has an amazing year, people are going to be, wow, what a great pick. And if he doesn't have an amazing stat year, people are going to talk about him, right? Being the number one overall pick, he's in that, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If he has an amazing year, hey. But if he only has five sacks. And Hutchinson has seven. Look right, out. <laughs> right. So I, I, I just don't think there's any way around it because – I don't want to say he's a controversial pick because clearly when you look at it. But he's going to be a lightning rod. Yeah, he's a lightning rod pick, and I just don't think he can avoid it. I mean, we you all know this. We can watch him play this year and go, wow, that guy has got it. And and he may have 60 tackles and five and a half sacks and a forced fumble, fumble recovery, right, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And we may go, oh, yeah, that guy's worth it. But the sporting public at large is going to go, well, he didn't have 12 sacks. How can you how can you say that was successful? Because they're just evaluating it based on what they call production. Right. Well, the production we, you know, people who really follow this team will say, yeah, he was an impact player. Those sacks came at the right time, mm-hmm. at the right moment, whereas 
you know, some guys get sacks just easy in the fourth quarter when a team is chucking the ball all over the place trying to come back. Right. So I think he's he can't help it. He's a lightning rod. He's going to he's going to have the attention. Absolutely. Now we look at the AFC South and this is an interesting one. Quarterback Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill or Davis Mills being the most intimidating opponent in the AFC South and I know I say intimidating lightly, but when you look at three three quarterbacks, which of these three is like, all right, you know, they really got to keep their eye on this guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of them are, are intimidating, Brian. Um, I'm going to go with Matt Ryan for this reason. Uh, he, he didn't look great when he came in here with Atlanta last year. I thought he looked awful. He is clearly <laughs> on his last legs, but he's going to a franchise that has a lot of talent around him. Reports are that he looks very good. Uh, I'm going to go with him because sometimes these guys can put together – sort of one last year at a place. Yeah. Uh, so he seems like a guy who could do that. And it felt last year at the end, you wonder about Tanny Hill with the way the playoffs went, if maybe that slides a little bit. I, I don't know that it will, but maybe that's their storyline. Well, so I'm going to go with Tanny Hill because he's got Derrick Henry, right? And I think we saw Derrick came back for the playoffs and he wasn't as productive. But is anybody betting against him? I mean, I, 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 he's still got time in his career. He's not over the hill yet, even mm-hmm. though he's got a lot of miles on him. And, and, and he's lost A.J. Brown, right? But they brought Traylon Burks in, the kid from Arkansas. I just think that Tannehill is sneaky good when he's got the power running game. He's not so good when it's all on his shoulders. And without Derrick Henry at full strength in the playoffs, as John mentioned, he wasn't that guy. Yeah. Um, but I saw Matt Ryan out here, and I thought, ew. You know, I mean, he's not the same guy. And he had some weapons with him. Yeah. But he, he's not the same guy. Now, he's got Jonathan Taylor, the league's leading rusher. <laughs> That's so a may, weapon, yeah. But we'll see how that how that one goes. Um, Davis Mills, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. He, I mean, I, I think he's a nice player, and, and they may have something they can build around out there, but not him. I, I, I'm going to go with Tannehill because it's the opposite side of that coin. But both of those guys, Ryan and Tannehill, um, are relying on their running game to give them the room. So if those teams can run – they both have the chance to be able to be troublesome for a defense. Mm-hmm. And that's the intimidation factor. And that's when you bring up this question, it shows just the AFC South as a whole, it's grabbable. And we were talking to Bucky Brooks about this when he was here in Jacksonville. He's like, look at the quarterbacks in the AFC South. Like, what do you mean the Jaguars can't get over this hump? But then you mentioned that running game, and it's a totally different well, story. Well, that's it. Yeah, I, 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 get, I get the question a lot. I'll believe that the Titans and Colts aren't good when I say it because I thought they were both good. No, Titans had the best record in the AFC last year. Well, and, and they they're both, not a bad team. And if you look at their rosters from one to fifty-three, they're more proven than this one is. Mm-hmm. Right. And, right. And so I think the Jaguars have the third best roster. But midseason that can flip if young guys out here are playing well. If Evan Ingram and uh, 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 Christian Kirk mm-hmm. are are making big plays, and and Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma are, are making things happen, well then maybe this roster climbs. Right. But as as we sit right here right now. It would be presumptuous of us to say, oh, no, the Jaguars are ready to take this. No, they're not. I think they <laughs> make they might major be. strides, yeah. but I think it's a big ask for him to get them this year. Absolutely. But we'll see. We will see. And that is what's more likely when we come back on the Jaguars Digital Network. Some closing thoughts here on Jaguars Drive Time.
The Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Trevor Lawrence lead the charge. To lock in your seats, visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. One last segment here with you on Jaguars Drive Time on a Tuesday morning, our last week of OTAs out on the practice field. Yesterday won't be back. Until next week for mandatory veteran mini camp. There's so many mandatory camps, I can't keep track of what they're called. But last next week is the last chance for us to be on the football field before summer break. And I think um, regarding Coach Peterson's comments about the pads, we're all ready to get to that next phase. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah, he gets it. This is this time of year, and there's a more important time of year coming up in five six weeks. So the goal next week is to get some work in and get guys off the field healthy so that they're not spending the next six weeks trying to rehab mm-hmm. before training camp opens. Yeah, and that's something we spoke about in reporters yesterday. I- I'm curious, and I don't think they will, but regarding how yesterday went with two injuries where both players were down on the field for a good amount of time, do you change anything? And I said no because I felt like there wasn't the intensity of an OT where you had to pull it back. You still have to be out there. You still have to get your work done. But I, I am curious now with the unfortunate injuries, does anything change because of it? Are yeah, we getting off the field faster? There's really – Short of not practicing, yeah, there's nothing you can do. I don't think there's very much they can do to pull back. They've had a few 11 on 11 and 7 on 7 sessions. Um, if you pull back and don't have those, then, then just don't have the darn practice. Yeah. So you got to, at some point, you have to be on the field running around. You know what's interesting? Get better. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right because, and I wasn't here, but it sounds as if they were just going through the motions and doing the things Very they much do. Very so. No one touched and, them. And yeah. you're, you're going to have those moments. You just are. Um, it's interesting. To, you get to the final minicamp practice next Wednesday. You get halfway in. You know, what's the coach's comfort level? And I, hey, let's get off the field while we, you know, we've got nothing going. Let's be done. Let's go spend a little more time in the meeting room. You know, mm-hmm. guys get a little bit nervous uh, about ending the practice in a negative. Hey, everything good? All right, let's go. Yeah. You know, I don't know that Doug's <laughs> going to do that. Doug might not be that guy. But you'd, I've seen it before in 27 years here of coaches saying, you know what, let's not tempt fate. Let's get off the field healthy and end on a high note. Absolutely. That's it, guys. Let's go in. And then, John, what do we got for Ozone Podcast this week? Uh, should be Rayshon Jenkins. Uh, I have, because of COVID, I've talked to him video conference, never really talked to him face-to-face, looking forward to it, and it should be uh, out there either Thursday or Friday. And there we have it. Not a lot going on this week, last week of OTAs, but a lot going on next week for mandatory mini camp our last week here of coverage on jaguars.com for the off season so stay with us on jaguars.com and we will see you for our last show of the off season next tuesday here on jaguars drive time